Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to another deep dive episode. Yes, this time we're going a little further back into the iconic K-Pop histories for this week's group. Yeah, going back to a second gen, very long lasting, record breaking long lasting girl group. That is the Brown Eyed Girls. Yay! Also known as BEG. Um, why did we choose the Brown Eyed Girls to do our deep dive? It might seem a little random, but did we have? What's your reasoning? I just felt like they were back in the. They were in the news when I I had put them on the list for deep dives earlier in the year. Uh, they had a comeback earlier this year and I think I was like thinking of timing it around then but I just feel like the brown eyed girls are just like such an important second gen group Mm -hmm. that really did like make an important mark on k-pop and like we would not have mamamoo without brown eyed girls definitely and like I don't know I feel like they just kind of get forgotten a lot when people start like listing important second gen groups and whatnot and like I don't know they are very talented and I just don't want them to be lost in the yeah, halls of K-pop history. <laughs> that's totally fair. I feel like they are a group that has like a much more controversial history. Mm. And so it's interesting that they seem to usually get sort of left off the list of like that second gen, you know, most influential girl groups. Um, but they were very successful for, um, almost their entire career. Um, it's not like necessarily one of those, uh, sad stories that we sometimes get with (laughs) these deep dives. Um, but yeah, just, I feel like we just had a moment where we were like, they don't get talked about enough. Right. <laughs> so and I think, decided yeah, there's this. so many things that are very interesting about Brown Eye Girls that we'll get into today, but like they debuted much older than people usually debut and they like did have a very like scandalous image. And there's also a lot mm-hmm. of gay stuff in their music videos. And like, yeah. I don't know, there's a lot to talk about and I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. Well, then let's dive in. Should we have some basic facts up at the top? Absolutely. Um, So yes, as we said before, Brown Eyed Girls, also known as BEG, they are a four-member girl group that debuted in 2006 under a company called Nega Network. Um, Brown Eyed Girls' official fandom is called Everlasting, and their fandom colors are black and yellow. Again, this is yes. pre-fancy names for yes. fandom colors. They're just simple black and yellow. Um, they are still together today. Like you mentioned at the beginning, uh, they did have a 2020 comeback, which we'll get to in the timeline. But just some statistics, like we like to throw mm-hmm. the numbers out there at the beginning. They have 12 awards, 28 nominations from just their first four years of their career, 20, 2006 to 2010. They have 12 music show wins, seven albums, three EPs, 18 singles, one greatest hits album, Mm -hmm. and they are one of the top five artists with the most digital hit songs in all of K-pop. Amazing. 
That's all great stuff. Um, what do you, we usually do this in deep dives. What was your like personal understanding or knowledge of Brown Eyed Girls before we got into this? Um, I think that my understanding of Brown Eyed Girls came from Guyan's solo career. Um, Same. I think that I knew her as a solo artist first before I got into, um, or before I even heard of the group itself. Um, but then I also, like, I didn't know that much about their discography. I never really, um, like, I knew who Guyan was, and I knew who the Brown Eyed Girls mm-hmm. were, but I never, like, got into their music, which was funny than, like, doing the research for this. I was like, oh my god, I love all of their music. <laughs> like, why haven't I been listening to them yeah. before? Um, but for a really long time, I like only knew them for Abracadabra mm-hmm. to the point where I always think they're, That's I used the to, name. Con- yes, I used to think their name was Abracadabra um, because I would just like visual, I could like see the title of it in my yeah. head. Um, so that is kind of like all that I knew of the brown eyed girls. I actually didn't know that they were still together until I did the research for this. Yeah. I, I was surprised by that fact too. Cause I guess I just like assumed, and I might've even incorrectly said on the a pink episode that a pink was the longest lasting group at this point, um, from that generation. Cause I thought everybody else had disbanded. Um, yeah, but I think my familiarity was very similarly Gaian based. I also knew a lot of Narsha's solo work as well. So mm-hmm. I like knew them as soloists. Um, but like, as far as I knew, I thought that Abracadabra like was their only hit and that the members were just famous on their own. And that the- I think that's kind of what I assumed mm-hmm. too, because Abracadabra was the only title of theirs that I did know. So I just sort of assumed that that was the only thing they really like had behind their name, but it's not. Yeah. But yeah, listening to all this stuff today, like a few of them were more familiar than I thought. Um, but mm-hmm. also it's like very catchy music and like, um, we'll get into it in a second, but like, I do think they are, um, one of the stronger like vocal you know, groups out there um, yes. as far as like, you know, the level of vocal talent that the three singers and the rapper in her skills as well. Like, I think they're very, they're just like good at what they do. I agree. They're really, really good singers. There's uh, just like such strong vocals all across the board in this group. And I feel like because Abracadabra was the the title of theirs that I knew the most, I didn't realize like what kind of like heavy vocal that there R&B would be like so many of, like yeah. big band music. Yeah. I didn't think like you said, we wouldn't have Mama Moo without this group, which is like very accurate, I think. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that that, that they also made that kind of music. Cause Abracadabra is more like electro and it yeah, has yeah, like yeah. some funky vocoders and like voice filters on it. And for the most part, this is a group that really does focus on their incredible vocals, which is always our favorite thing. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into their music, but first, we have to meet the members. Yes. Um, so we have to meet the members, especially because in Brown Eyed Girls, they're one of the most, I think, impressive little statistic. It's not a statistic, but like claims to fame, I guess, mm-hmm. is that they are to this day the longest lasting girl group with no member changes in the history of, of K pop. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's totally crazy. Like they have been together and there are only four. So statistics were on their side. But still, like, I mean, 
we so often pull up these random game groups that have 14 past members, you know, mm-hmm. like, or even a girl group, like, a pink is missing and members. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they don't necessarily end with the same number that they, that started, they started with. with. Um, but brown eyed girls did. So who's the leader? So our leader, um, is Jaya. J-E-A. But I've also, I am unsure about how it is pronounced most of the time because it's Rome, like the Korean is Jaya. But in all the songs, when Mirio does her like intros of them, she says mm-hmm. J-A. So like, I don't know if, but it's like, it's not A in Korean, it's A. Ah, but I don't yeah. know if it's like J-A because it's usually written with English and not written in Korean. And I wonder, I wonder if the J-A is almost like a nickname of her stage name mm. because it's Romanized, capital J, lowercase e, capital I, capital A. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's calling her J-A like the initials would yeah. be. Not sure. But, but Jaya is the leader and the main vocalist. Um, her birthday is September 18th, 1981, and she was born Kim Hyo-jin. Um, Jaya is the first member and essentially the creator of Brown Eyed Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like a um, a singer of her own right and then put together a group of like a girl she knew from high school and a very talented underground rapper and a girl who had just failed a K-pop audition and was crying in the bathroom. It's like a <laughs> it's like a it's like a movie story of like wrangling everybody. It's kind of cool. Yeah, she got to be heavily involved in picking all the other members. And maybe that was a bit of a secret of their success, why they got to st- why they stuck together this whole time. Yeah, um, and if you watch Produce 101, you might recognize her because she was one of the celebrity trainers on that show. Um, and I feel like it's not too hard to tell the members of Brown Eye Girls Apart because there are only four of them. But uh, Jaya's voice is like a little bit like raspier than Narsha's is um and so that's easy to spot um she also I feel like her upper lip area is so distinctive I can't figure out why I wrote that down the thing that (laughs) she has a really really deep cupid's bow Mm -hmm. it's like very like the the her upper lip is longer than like and her bottom lip is really big, and then her cupid's bow is really pronounced. And she has like the roundest face mm-hmm. in the group. That all four of them have very different face shapes, and she has like the roundest face. Yes, that's true. Um, also, a, she, a fact, just like a fact about brown eye girls' faces that must we get out, like put out on the table right away, is that over the last fourteen years, all four of them have changed their faces quite a bit. So, like, just yes, know that's very a fact. True. They're very open about it. But it's a fact. <laughs> You'll see it as you peruse their years. <laughs> um, Jaya has 14 song credits for both her own group or her members individually, but also for singers Ailey and B1A4. She has two solo EPs of her own name, and she is on both Instagram and Twitter. Her handle is J-E-A World, all one word. There you go. Um, and then next in line is Mirio. And that she's our main rapper and also a vocalist. Her birthday is November 2nd, 1981. And she was born Jomi Hay. Um, and like I just said, Mirio was originally an underground rapper in a collective called The Honey Family. Um, her rap persona name is Joe Honey. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and her very impressive credit is that she is the only woman in the top 10 list of idols with the most like copywriting credits. Um, as of 2018, she had 92. I couldn't find oh a more God. updated one than that, but she's like the most prolific female idol for, um, as a writing. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. 92 song credits. Um, She has a lot of those song credits are for Brown Eyed Girls, um, but she only has one solo EP. Uh, She has 11 singles. So that means a lot of the songs that she's written are for a lot of other artists, like not just herself or even her members. Um, She is on social media a lot. She's on Instagram and Twitter. Her handle is Mirio, a.k.a. Joe Honey all one word and then she's also she has a youtube channel as well where she puts like a lot of her music and things like that um and she i feel like has such a distinct face it's so I feel like small hers, and like but she but has she like is a beautiful very, like uh, a cat eyes and like she has <laughs> a very like square jaw like the the corners of her jaw are square and then her chin is pointy so she has that like perfect mm-hmm. little like Think. Um, and yeah, her eyes, her whole face seems like a little bit wider set than the rest of the group. I feel like she has really distinctive eyebrows. Yes. Yes, the Something eyebrows are line, so distinctive. Her, yeah. This like part of her face. Yes. Her eyes and her cheekbones and her eyebrows. But very she's also very easy to spot because she is the only rapper and she's the only one True. who raps. And she has a very distinctive rap voice, which we'll hear in the clips today. Um But yeah, she's the only rapper, so like she's pretty easy to spot for that. But she also often um, was wardrobed in like pants and like slick hair and like kind Mm -hmm. of tough girl energy. Yeah, she has more like masculine styling than the other girls do. Mm -hmm. Maybe because she was the rapper. Perhaps. Um, Next in line is Narsha. Uh, she's the lead vocal and the lead dancer, and her birthday is December 28th, 1981, and she was born Park Hyojin. Um, Narsha is a very well-known variety MC and OST singer. Um, she's had like a very large career outside of Brown Eyes Girls just being a TV personality, um, mm-hmm. so you might recognize her from that. Yes, she's on TV all the time. Um, She is also on Instagram and Twitter. She has more complicated usernames. Her Instagram is Narsha81, and her Twitter is FlyX2NAL, because her stage name, Narsha, means fly. Okay. Um, She is also on YouTube. She has her own channel. Um, She has released some... Solo music, not a lot of solo music, but she has one solo EP and three singles. And she's the only brown-eyed girl to be married. Yes. She married a fashion businessman named Huang Taekyung in 2016. Yes, a married girl. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Narsha sings, um, early recommendation, Narsha sings the classic song, I'm in love sung by many a sweet idol boy and girl when they are trying to sing a sweet song it's a sweet song and it's very good <laughs> she has um i think that she and jaya look kind of similar they do. but she has a longer face than mm-hmm. jaya does and it's more triangular like she has wide cheekbones and a thin chin um 
and like her eyes are closer together yes. than Jaya's are. She is also and she has really big boobs. Yes. She's also <laughs> always tanner than everybody. So mm-hmm. you can pick her out from that too cuz she's always tanner than everyone and she was also the one most likely to have a wig on in a music video. Yes, she is the one most likely to have a wig on. <laughs> um so our last member is Gain. She's the main dancer, the face, and the makne. Mm-hmm. And here's where the big age gap comes in. Gaian's birthday is September 20th, 1987. Yes. All the other members are born within just a few months of each other, all in the same year. And then she is a full six years younger than all of them. Yeah. Um, and Gaian became best known to the Korean public in 2009 when she starred uh, with 2AM's Joe Kwan on We Got Married. They were an extremely popular We Got Married couple. They were on the show for over a year. Um, and that made her like super famous and all of her solo work kind of steamrolled like after that yes she's a very I would argue the most popular or like most successful of the solo artists coming from brown eyed Mm -hmm. girls um she has six EPs 16 singles and nine collaborations or like featured appearances on different songs she's also been in three different movies um some of the other girls have done acting as well Um, and she is only on instagram her instagram is songgaiin87 yes and i feel like gaiin is one of the easy like she's very easy to spot because she always had short hair always 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 Mm -hmm. she always had bangs they became an asymmetrical one eye bang at a point but, like, that yeah. was always – I always just feel like when I think about Gaian, I think of just, like, very strong, like, eye, like, bangs and, like, dark eye makeup and just, like, I don't know, and just, like, one sneaky eye, like, peeking out of her bangs drama. Yeah. Yeah, she has a long face, always short hair. That was, like, the only thing I wrote for her. And she has almost, like – she has smaller eyes than the other members because they're almost, like – long horizontal rectangles yeah. they made fun they, of her on we got married a lot and said that she was like a person that you could like blind with a piece of floss like that she just had like little <laughs> line eyes so that you could that she would see terrible. if you yeah and that and um oh i don't remember what i was gonna say that's all <laughs> oh i think she looks like tiffany from oh. uh, girls generation i think they have pretty similar faces actually i can see that I can see that similarity. Um, yeah, but those those are the brown eye girls and how to spot them. Yes, those are them. So without further ado, let's dive right into their timeline. All right. Um, so pre-debut, something that I read was that some other uh, stage or some other names considered for brown eyed girls because I believe they were doing like public performances and like performing as a little singing group. Um, and they went by yes, the names. they did like a pre-debut concert series yeah 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 that and they were considering being called crescendo or dark angel they did not pick those names but they were on the table um i feel like crescendo feels like i mean crescendo explains their singing 
and like Dark Angel True. could fit a few of their concepts, but but not until later on, right? Because they have uh, well, we'll do- talk about it now when we talk about their debut. But they definitely had a major shift mm-hmm. in the concept of their group after their first two albums. Um, but their first album came out March 2nd in 2006. They debuted with an album called Your Story, and the single was called Come Closer. Come Closer is like a nice R&B ballad and the brown eyed mm-hmm. girls do not appear in the music video. It's like actors um, and a dog <laughs> showing yes, a sad they decided. <laughs> yes, they decided to do a faceless group debut, um, which we were just talking about yes. that recently as like a bold move. Because Red Square um, did it. Yes, that's right. It was in our uh, support girl groups episode. But this album itself was a pretty, it wasn't like an EP, it was a 15 track album. Oh, God. Pretty big. Yeah, it was huge. Um, And it was a critical success. Like the critics really liked it because they're very good singers and it's like quality R&B. But it wasn't a very big commercial success. Mm. Um, It didn't like, it didn't chart very highly and it didn't uh, like sell that much. It was just a like middle of the road meh it was not a smash out the gate yeah um i watched the their debut stage um and they're dressed like very very modestly um mirio in fact is dressed kind of like a boy in like a big baggy tracksuit and she has like white box braids that are not great um but they're they just like look they're just like dressed a lot, kind of hip hop style, but and they're just standing in a line and they sing the song and they do the live, they do the backing track live, like all the ooh, ah, like all the harmonies, they're doing it oh, all wow. live. So it's very impressive, but like it isn't very like eye catching or grabby for a debut because they truly are just yeah. standing there and singing well, but like, I don't know, I could see why that wouldn't be a smash yeah because it doesn't have like choreo to go with it it's not a spectacle to Mm -hmm. see so I feel like it would be easy it's hard I think for a group to debut with a ballad Mm -hmm. as their song and so I feel like it would be easy to sort of forget about it as it came out on the charts totally totally they repackaged this album just a few months later May 5th they released a repackage and the single for that repack was called hold the line That song does feature a rapper in it. I forgot to write down his name, so I don't know who it is. Oh, well. Um, But it does also sample um, a song called Push the Button by a British girl group called Sugar Babes. Mm. And it also samples a song called Technologic by Daft Punk. Um, And this song helped boost their popularity a little bit more than their um, single or their initial debut did because it was featured on the game Pump It Up. So it was like distributed worldwide um, and helped gain them a little bit more personality. I mean, not personality, popularity. Yeah. Because the song is a little more bubbly. 
Yeah, it's definitely like a fun song. I wrote that it was repetitive, but that it's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the stage that they do where the rapper is there being like a very annoying hype man and just like jumping around them, there's a little bit of I wrote baby choreo in this one because brown eyed girls aren't like they do have a couple of iconic dances, but I feel like Mm -hmm. overall they weren't like a dance group. They're definitely not known for their choreo. I think, honestly, in the way that, like, Mamamoo is not known right. for their choreo, right? Because like, you've got to be stable to do your In belts. order to belt that hard. Yeah, for sure. And so they have, like, little choreo that you can sort of follow along, but they're not, they're not going to put out, like, a huge dance spectacle. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so that was Hold the Line. And they're very, that was their first year on the 2006. <laughs> Um, So then in 2007, in September, they put out a second LP that's called Leave Miss Kim. And this single is called I Got Fooled by You or Deceived by You. Or sometimes it's like fooled me. (laughs) How dare you fool me? This one is so fun. It has like great horns and the vibe of it is just like so good. Smooth, jazzy vocals. and like, Uh, seriously, I loved this song. I thought it was so good. The music video is like, they're just like the jazz singers or whatever, like the cabaret singers in a bar and like, like your man is cheating on you or whatever. Um, But it's uh, such a good song. They came out with um, another single for this. They had like a B-side, which was called Oasis. Isn't that just so pleasant? It's so lovely and so bubbly and so different from the It reminds me a little bit of the Going 17 theme song or something like that. Like it's just got mm. like that vibe. Like there is I had like a weird deja vu like glitch in the matrix feeling when I watched that one researching for this. Yeah, is it I like, felt an like old I song? knew it? Yeah. I, know. I was like, but when the chorus started, I was like, wait, I know this. I felt like I could sing along yeah. with it. That little like Yes, like what is that? Is that like a theme song or a trot song? Or like why do we know that? But I feel like I know it too. Yeah. If you know let us Let know. Us know. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's like a fun one. They're like, it's a little beachy music video in a VW van. And then yes. like, it's raining and the, song... and the beach trip is ruined. Yeah, it's okay. And they're like very goofy in the music video. Um, the song features a singer named Lee Jae-hoon. He's not in the music video. Um, but this second album was also not really a commercial success. Um, it did go to number nine on the gown chart, but it only sold about 10,000 copies. And um, I thought it was interesting because I read that their company... <laughs> basically argued that they um, couldn't compete with, like, the other girl groups that were going on at the time mm-hmm. because uh, the Wonder Girls released Tell Me, like, right around the same time that this album came out. Yeah. And so their company was like, well, we can't compete with the Wonder Girls. <laughs> so they kind of blamed that as this 
not being a commercial success. Interesting. Um, which I thought was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess that second one, Oasis, is pretty bubbly, but um, the other song, I Got Fooled By You, it's is like totally excellent different. R&B crooning. Yeah, it's totally different from the Wonder Girls. So I was like, mm, I don't know about that, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> um, so then the next thing that happened in January of 2008, uh, they put out a first EP called With Love or With L-O-V-E. And this single is also called L-O-V-E. This was their first number one song. Um, the album or the EP itself peaked at number seven on the gown charts. Um, and this one was sort of celebrated or praised for having a different sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess because this EP seems to have a much more like electro pop feel to it um, than their more previous like R&B styles. Yeah, this is a very interesting song. It reminds me of a song they put out later that we'll get to. So when it first started, I was like, this is a different wait they have this song already but it was later it's like interesting because it's just like a kind of soft song but the driving beat underneath it is like so fast that it creates this kind of like urgency vibe that's very interesting yeah it's an interesting song it wasn't one of my favorites of their songs if only because I like you said like the vocals are softer they sort of don't take advantage Mm -hmm. of what good singers the members are, which almost feels like a shame when you like do know how amazing they are. Um, But whatever. They also promoted a second single off of this EP called Love Action. Another jazzy fun. Yeah, I really like that one. I wrote down that it was a big band electro pop because <laughs> um, it's kind of a weird combination of the two. But I think that song's really fun. It is fun. Um, and something I wrote for this like era for the stages that I watched, um, their stage costumes for L.O.V.E., were kind of like seven dwarf like like it was that like overalls and like a little like shirt thing like mm. kind of these interesting little like kind of dolly costumes except for Miria who's like wearing like pants and like fedoras and stuff um, but there's more choreo in both of these songs um, for the stages so like the choreo game is being upped and I just thought it is worth yes. noting absolutely plays into their evolving style because Mm -hmm. this is again like it's a group that's trying to compete with these like other larger girl group second gen girl groups who have kind of a similar aesthetic but maybe a different like maybe a similar visual aesthetic but a different like vocal sound so they're trying to trying to figure out what it's going to take for them to stand out right Yeah, and it's just, like, interesting to think of, because we mentioned earlier, like, at this time period, three of the four members are, like, 27, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, like, Girls' Generation were probably all still 19. Like, they were older than those girls as well. Yeah, so they're already starting out 
at like a very different, just at a different place. Like if you're even just thinking about sort of the like culture and environment of like behind the scenes of a music show, we know that the, the idols, like they spend so much time together when they're like waiting to film Mm -hmm. their music show stage. And so like, I can't imagine the dynamics between like two rookie groups where one of them is like 10 years older than the, than the other, but you're both rookies. I don't know. Very strange. Yeah, totally. Anyway, their next EP or their next release uh, came out September 16th in the same year, 2008. And it was a second mini album or EP called My Style. The single was called How Come. in with her one eye yes that was my first <laughs> one of my first notes for this music video is Guyan begins her love affair with her one eye and sad lingerie mirror music video yes sad abused woman mirror shots with like some what running I think makeup of when I think like... of Guyan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like in some kind of black lingerie she's like so good at sad. holding her face in this very specific like uh, way like beaten down way and it's interesting because the rest of this music video it's like kind of like a grungy set of a music video but they're all mm-hmm. wearing like shiny satin polka dot dresses and the choreo is pretty cutesy and like yes and the chorus is really cutesy I wrote it was like very cute but very repetitive and the visuals of the music video just like really don't match yeah in any way um but uh but it was like we just said a few times it was very cutesy like Mm -hmm. even though the visuals of the music video had this like grunge style to some parts of it it was overall a cutesy song and it was like you know, had that same like electro pop bounce Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a smash. So before they started with their next release, the group or the company decided it was time to switch things up. The company announced that the girls were going to make a radical 180 degree change in their concept of the group with their next release, uh, which came out July 21st, 2009. They came out with their third album, which was called Sound G, and their first released single off of this album was called Candyman. No music video for that song, but I love that song. I, the, I watched a stage. Fun. I watched a stage for it, and their like Luke's were kind of um, like country a little bit, like oh. denim, like gingham and like denim shirts and like cut off little jeans and like boots and stuff. And I wrote like belt it, country girls, because like in the <laughs> stages they're like singing so hard. Um, they do sing so hard, but they have like you can kind of hear it. It was more evident in the um, in the follow-up single, which we'll play in a second, but it, you can sort of start to hear this, like, sexier vibe that's going to come out. Yes, of this, I feel of like they group. all, like, cement, like, what their singing voices are going to sound like from now on. Like, the voices that they do in this album become their, like, signature voices forever. Yeah. 
I agree. I would almost argue that this is like the seminal Brown Eyed Girls album Mm -hmm. because I think in both the sound of their voices and just the general aesthetic of the group, like this is what Brown Eyed Girls is and like they stick with this vibe for the rest of it um, or for the rest of their career. So their second single was the more heavily promoted one and this is Abracadabra. Life-changing stuff right there. Ugh, I love that. So this is where you really get to see what they called um, the company. Like I said, they were going to do this huge, drastic concept change, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted to compete with the cute, innocent concepts that most girl groups of the time had. And so they decided to de- to sort of re-debut or come back as, quote, mature and sexy city girls. <laughs> so I guess if they were in the country before, now they're from the city. Yeah. Um, and there is so much happening in this music video. I feel like we've talked about this we music have video before. Because we talked about it a million times. It's one of my favorite music videos. I've said on this podcast before, I think it's probably the greatest K-pop song of all time. Like it's <laughs> a perfect song and it's a perfect music video. It's like the spectacle of it, the sex of it, the like the little like kinky gay stuff and the like man with a bomb on his chest. Like there's so many things happening in it. And it's just, like, so iconic, and they all look so cool. Like, they've all been given, like, futuristic makeovers, and they have, Mm -hmm. like, crazy haircuts and crazy makeup and, like, skin-tight pleather outfit. Like, Mm -hmm. and the zebra print Hunger Games style. Yeah. There's so – it's just, like, so much is happening. Um, But, like, one note on the Abracadabra music video – when we were listening to Candyman earlier, I was like, why does this song sound familiar? I feel like I haven't, I know I haven't heard it. It's because during all the bomb scenes at the beginning and end of Abracadabra, Candyman is playing like echoey and dissonantly in the background. Oh, interesting. So that's why my brain knew it. Nice. Um, Yeah, but like this is an iconic music video. It's like back in the day, it was always on the lists of like K-pop things you have to watch. The dance swept the country. It was like the most important. It was such an important dance phenomenon. Like Yes, because it has, we have talked about this dance, this specific dance before. I think we talked about it like way back in our choreography mm-hmm. episode when we talked about point dances because they have what's called the hip dance in the this. The arrogant right? dance. Yes. And so it's this um, like, it's not an anti-chorus. This song like has an, an actual chorus, but it is like in the, in this instrumental break of mm-hmm. the song where the girls just cross their arms and they just like swing their hips, like real nonchalantly. Um, and it was, I think we mentioned this in the choreography episode that, uh, it was so popular that even Psy in like a subsequent single, his choreography is based and like is a parody of this choreography because that's how popular this song was yeah I saw there was a clip going around Twitter recently that was just like very heartwarming and sweet and it was like a clip from god knows what old variety show from 2009 and there were like seven girl groups like four minute and snsd and brown eyed girl like everyone you could think of and like they asked the brown eyed girls to like 
show everyone your new hot dance and they like teach everyone how to do the arrogant dance and they like make Sunny come out and do it but like Hyuna's way in the background and Sunmi's back like everybody mm-hmm. is there and like they like stop the whole show to be like these the brown eyed girls and their dance like we have to show everyone their it was a big deal is the point it was a really big deal. It won the Mutizen Award on Inkigayo. It was one of the best selling singles of the year with over 3 million downloads in just that year. Um, and it was it was controversial. The music video and the choreography version or performance version both got like tisk tisked or whatever by like typical by like broadcasting companies. Um but the album itself was successful. It has five songwriting credits for both Mirio and Jaya. Um, and in August, they made their Japanese debut with a re-release of this album, a Japanese version. Um, we're not going to like really cover a lot of the Japanese <laughs> d- stuff for we Brown Eyed do. Girls, but it happened. Um A few months later, shortly after their Japanese debut, they released a repackage of the album Sound G. It was called Sign. It came out on October 29th, 2010, and the single is also called Sign. So this is the song I was referencing earlier when we were talking about L-O-V-E. You can sing this song over L-O-V-E. It's the same. (laughs) It is the same. It is the same. You can definitely hear it. Um, This was another controversial music video for them. It's crazy. It's super violent. Like, it's mostly just about this guy, like, getting the shit kicked out of him by, like, a lot of other people. Um, But the most... The scene people really didn't like was that Gaian has a scene where she drowns in it. Um, and people thought that that was too Yeah, far. it's really crazy. It's like this man is like fighting 20 people. And then it's like every time he gets knocked down, it's like ghostly versions of three of the brown eyed girls are like appearing and like helping him up. And mm-hmm. then he like find he finds the final boss and there's like a scary boss man with a suit. And then Guyan is in like a Houdini water chamber, like yeah. tied up. And then the guy tries to he kills the bad guy and then smashes her out, but he's too late and she's dead. And then he's just like, oh, and that's the music video to this and fun dance song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They did, uh, I will say, like, they released a Japanese version of this, and the music video is just a choreography version. It's not any of that crap. (laughs) Yeah, and if you remember from our 2009 hit stage uh, episode last year, this song was featured in that episode, and it has a fan dance, and they hit themselves with the fans on the ta-ta-tas. Yes, that's right. Yeah, 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 I remember that. All right, the rest of this year for... So that was released in October of 2010. And mm-hmm. the rest of this year um, really focused... The girls focused a lot on their like solo activities. They had um, a lot of different things happen. So I'm just going to sort of read a list. Um, it is in chronological order, but it kind of starts back in July. All right. So July 2010, Narsha releases her first solo self-titled album. In August, Jaya releases a collaboration with a Thai singer, the single is called Face to Face. In October, Guyan releases her solo debut. It's an EP called Step 24. 
Um, her the lead single off of it, Irreversible, is very popular and wins on Inkigayo. In December, Jaya releases a single called Because You Sting, which features Go of M Black. Um, and also during this time, this started back in September of 2009, but Guyan and Joe Kwan are on We Got Married. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasts all the way to January of 2011. They were together for about 15 months on that show. Guyan is also doing a lot of acting at this time. She's in two different sitcoms. One is called All My Love. The other is called Gaumji. And Narsha is all over TV. She's on Invincible Youth. Um, she's on an SBS show called Heroes. And she's a KBS DJ for a show called Pump Up the Volume. Um, so the members were pretty busy with their own activities. But they did come together to finish the year um, with a concert called The Hot Winter party at Axe Korea Hall in Seoul. Um, And then the beginning of the following year was mostly spent on Japanese promotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had, they even like maybe had to spend a little bit longer in Japan because they had a concert planned for April that got pushed back due to a earthquake that happened in March. Mm. So that concert didn't actually happen until September, right before their next Korean release, which was their fourth album. It came out on September 23rd, 2011. The album was called Sixth Sense. And on September 16th, they released a song, a pre-release track called Hot Shot. This one is fun. It's like Latin-y. Yeah, and like kind of jazzy. The music video is just like cute scenes of them, I guess, like putting together the album is what it's supposed to look like. Right. So I have to interrupt to say that everybody should stop and go watch the Hotshot performance on Music Core because they did it in suits and little hats. And the choreo is so gay. They have girl backup dancers in little dresses and they do sexy like they are the boys like feeling oh, like up on the girls dance. butt partner dances oh i love that it's they do that several times brown eyed girls loves a like gender flipped costume uh-huh. um, and i like wrote it down a couple of times um i wonder if some of their members are queer because it is it a, feels like, like such theme. it feels like such a strong theme that it feels mm-hmm. like it would that's so, somebody's yeah. gotta be right and they do have like it's interesting because, you know, some of their older albums or their like first, you know, their first two albums, it's hard to find information about the songwriting credits, mm-hmm. but we do see a pretty strong pattern of the members being pretty highly involved in the creation of the group itself, um, the concepts that of their albums and the tracks. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. Be. Yeah. yeah. Um, the... That was a pre-release, yes. the Hot Shot was, and the um, lead single off of this album, Six Sense, is also called Six Sense. Oh man, Ooh. 
this is one that you have to watch. I think this is you a have to, have watch, to watch one. I, I wrote this. that it like reminds me of um, dystopian Spice Girls because something about it oh, reminds yeah. me of the Say You'll Be There music video. If it involves oh, sure. like a dance off with an evil army. <laughs> I don't know. Something about it just reminds me of Spice Girls. But like, oh my God, this music video is like so sexy and so high budge. And it has like a crazy storyline. Like it's got everything. Yes, the whole concept behind this was about like resistance, right? And they, uh, I have a quote from their company that said, the members hope to convey their thoughts to the public through music. Their title track is an expression of the limitations of experiencing music with only five senses. And it asks people to feel it instead with their sixth sense. And the music video is basically these, the members are going to like, fight a fascist like army with their like police and riot gear with incredibly sexy choreography yeah, and like singing in their face and I like I, my only note for this was like how can you pick just one part of this for the clip <laughs> like I yeah. really had no idea where to drop it because I was like oh it's also good it's also good and they look so good oh they my all god look they're really also great hot. They all, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really (laughs) perfect hot looks on everyone. And, like, yeah, all the solo shots are crazy. It's crazy. You gotta, y'all gotta go look at it. Yeah, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. Um, This song, the single was very successful. It won both M Countdown and Inkigayo twice. Um, The single went to number one on the gown chart and number two on the Billboard K-Pop Hot 100. The album peaked at number two. Um, And Jaya has one lyric and one composition credit on the album. Just something we always keep track of. Of course. Um, So that was... September and it looks like immediately in November the repack come out. Did it have a new name or was it just a repack? No. Yeah, it was just a repackage and the single was called Cleansing Cream. That song is very beautiful. The music video is very strange and a little upsetting. Yeah, I wrote trauma music video in all caps because the plot from what I gathered seems to be that there's like a cold man and he has a blind daughter and then like, I'm assuming like a hot stepwife. And the stepwife is like very jealous of the blind daughter, but the husband doesn't pay attention to either of them. And then at the end, she tries to drown the blind girl in a bathtub. And then she feels bad about it and sits there and cries. Like, I don't know what's happening, but it's so much. Yeah, it's very (laughs) upsetting. And, like, the music video tells you the story, like, kind of in reverse. Like, it starts by showing you, like, the drowned girl. Yeah. And, like, what is with the brown-eyed girls and drowning? Yeah. Because there was also a threat of drowning in the Sixth Sense music video. Yes. Interesting. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> the rest of so like from after this came out, which did pretty well, it went to number four on the gown chart. Um, the members are going to take some time to do a lot of solo stuff. Um, so we have Mirio. She produces a uh, she self produces a solo album that comes out on February first. 
two of the songs were banned for their lyrical content. Naughty, naughty. Um, <laughs> another theme for the Brown Eyed Girls. Um, Narsha makes her acting debut. She is in uh, two... I think that there's dramas. I actually didn't write that down, but the titles are Light and Shadow and Oh La La Couple. Um, and then all four of them, Gaian, Mirio, Narsha, and Jaya, are all on variety shows. There's Gaian's Fashion King, uh, Mirio goes on Show Me the Money, Narsha goes on uh, Immortal Songs, Jaya goes on Immortal Songs as well, and I believe it's Narsha who's in the musical When a Man Loves. Yes, she so does. Do She's the all musical kinds. girl. Yeah. Yes. So they do all kinds of very busy solo stuff okay so after the members have done all of their fun variety solo stuff in july of 2012 they put out just a single that's called the original and the title track that they uh made a music video for is called one summer night Um, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And this is one that has a very long music video, but it pays off. And it's another beautiful hidden queer love story in this music video. Is it? Did you watch it all the way to the end? Okay. So I don't the, think I did. Okay. So the music video, I first thought it was weird because it's very long, but it has multiple instances of girls with bloody feet because their shoes yeah are they like, like cut them their yes. feet on things so there's like multiple shots of like bloody feet cuts and i was like what is this weird fetish music video but anyway wh- um it's uh uh jaya's like at a cafe or whatever and she's like looking through this notebook or something and then at the end of the music video one of the other members like meets her in the cafe and she gives her the notebook and the sheet music to the song and she like reads the kiss me lines and then she like looks at her and then they're like mm. and then it like ends in a slow-mo shot of the two young girls who are in the flashbacks like holding hands at the beach and i was oh, like the whole thing cute. was actually a confession they are other- love yes oh sweet Sneaky. I saw the part where she gave her the the song. I didn't realize. I guess I didn't yeah, it, like, stay to watch it all the way to the end. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Well, this single, this whole little single album, um, it was actually a gift for the fans uh, as a way to thank them for still supporting them, even though the girls had not done anything together for a while. Um, it was written and composed by Jaya, and it d- did come with a B-side, but it was just like a two-track um, little single. And it only peaked at number seven, but it sold over a million copies wow. um, because their fans were quite dedicated. They were willing to wait for them. <laughs> So after this little thank you song came out, we have more solo activities. Um, The girls did not promote One Summer Night at all. Mm -hmm. Um, They were too busy. So we have Guyan who comes out with her second EP, which is called Talk About S on October uh, 5th, 2012. Then Jaya puts out a pre-release single in December called Let's Hug um, for an album that comes out the next month in January. That album is called um, Just Jaya and she also produced it. Um, Guyan then puts out another album, another little duet 
uh, album, which was a surprise that nobody, like, she didn't <laughs> announce it. It was called Romantic Spring, and she put it out with label mate uh, Cho Hyung Woo. So it's like a duet album. Okay. Um, but the girls, the only thing they did all together was that in December of 2012, they came together for a concert called Tonight 37.2 Degrees Celsius. And apparently, the title of the concert does. The meaning of the title gets revealed in the concert itself, mm. but the article I read did not Didn't explain what it. the meaning was, <laughs> so I don't know what the meaning was. Um, all I know is that this concert was rated 19 and up because it was too saucy for minors, and it was sold out. Wow. Good for them. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, so then the next thing that the Brown Eyed Girls did all together was in July of 2013, they put out a single called Recipe. So there is no music video for this one, but there are some music show stages and it has cute partner dance choreo and what a bop. I really, really like that song. It's such a it's such a fun song. Um, it's produced by a very popular K-hip-hop producer named Primary, and the lyrics were written by both Mirio and Cheja of Dynamic Duo. Um, and it went to number five on the gown chart. It was released as a pre-release track for their upcoming fourth album, which was called... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Their upcoming fifth album, which was called Black Box, and it came out July 29th, 2013. Um, the single for this album was called Kill Bill, but we're not going to play a clip of that now because we are going to save it for our random game. Um, I believe that we've gotten Brown Eyed Girls in the random game before, and Abracadabra is their most watched music video. So we're saving Kill Bill, which is their second most yeah. watched. Um, so we'll save that for the end. Look but just some facts that. about Kill Bill. Um, the theme of Kill Bill, the music video, is based off of the movie, like the Western, because the song starts with a whistle that the members thought reminded them of the movie Kill Bill. Mm. So that's why they chose to go with that concept. Um, the song is composed by Jaya and another artist named Lee Gyuhyun. It peaked at number two, and they did release a dance version of the music video uh, a few days later on August 2nd. Can't wait to watch that later. Yes, we'll come back to it. Um, I, I haven't seen it. Me so either. I'm very excited to watch. Um, then the girls again break off for some solo activities. Um, Guyan comes out with a solo album and also does like a a C-pop single as mm. a collaboration. Um, Mirio and Narsha, they debut as a subunit called M and N. Um, that comes out on November 11th with a single called Tonight. This was self-composed by the members and there's both a Korean and an English version of it. And then Guyan's solo album Truth or Dare comes out in February of 2014. This is her third EP and it has the song Fuck You as the pre release track which is I think maybe like that's the song I know it's Gaian. my favorite uh, yeah. guy in song I don't know if it was popular with anyone else but it was popular with me <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only guy in solo song that I like know you don't know paradise lost as well <laughs> I don't oh, okay. but I know this one um <laughs> 
So the girls were pretty busy doing their own thing. Um, and then they came back together. They put out in August of 2014, they put out a greatest hits album, which was called Special Moments. And it had only one new track on it, which was called Hush. fun i missed that on my research the first time around that's a funky song it's a fun one it has like a heavier electro instrumentation i guess than it's they like, like returning doing it's like returning to that abracadabra sound yes. for the sake of nostalgia is what it feels like to me yeah and since it's on their greatest hits i bet it fit really well into mm-hmm. like the rest of their into the rest of that track list for sure um so the next thing i had on the timeline is just boring business stuff but it's important um, so on September 4th, 2015, their original contacts contracts with NECA Network expired. Um, and in a, f- a few years previous to this, Guyan had actually signed uh, with Lowen Entertainment to handle her solo career. And she left Lowen uh, to join a company called A-Pop, which was run by the guy who wrote Abracadabra. Mm. So her career, solo career was under A-pop. So then okay. when the whole group left Nega in September, by the end of that month, the rest of them were signed under A-pop oh, interesting. as like a whole group now. Um, and A-pop is a subsidiary of Mystic Entertainment, um, which is a little bigger. But yeah, so that's just some fun company moving things. But I just thought it was interesting that Guyan had different management for her solo stuff because I know people have different management for Japanese careers or whatever but it just right. seems like what how interesting yeah I thought that's what I was just thinking too how um rare it is for an artist to have a solo career under a different label like especially if you think about you, know, you think about all of the other artists like I mean shit even Wanho is like still under a subsidiary of, of Starship, Starship. <laughs> yeah. um so it, that's interesting that she would have had different representation I wonder that. if it was just something of because if it was around the time that she was getting so famous on TV I wonder if it was like her com- her tiny company couldn't didn't have the manpower to also run a solo career and somebody at the Maybe. TV station was probably like let us do it like it was probably one of those kind of deals like we have more resources to promote her yeah maybe or i wonder if it even came stemmed from her already working with loan on some kind of like acting or tv appearance. yeah because they're one of those very big companies that yeah they have, have so many different things stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was the Brown Eyed Girls by the end of September 2015 are all together under a new label, A-pop. Yes. And then in November of 2015, they put out their sixth album. This album is called Basic, and the single is called Warm Hole. Not Wormhole, Warm Hole. Legends only. 
Everyone needs to watch that music video. Like, stop what you're doing right now and please watch it. It is, I wrote down that it's Playboy does hairspray, but not subtle. Yes, that is perfect. That's perfect. They, even, they have like their little like 1950s, like 60s, like Playboy bunny. Like, bunny costume. Cute mm-hmm. little bathing suits. And it's like sort of jazzy. But it is so explicit. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a part where one of the members is just, like, crawling through this, like, soft fabric tunnel. (laughs) And then, like, Mirio is, like, staring at a blender that has, like, pink liquid in it. And when it turns on, she's like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) She freaks out. It's so, the choreo, but the choreo is, like, cute It's so cute. It's so, it's like such cute I wrote choreography. Cutest, cutest choreo ever, yes? Like, yes. for such a dirty song, it's so whoa, cute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's Fire so in cute. the hole. Oh my God, why <laughs> is so it so cute. cute? It's so cute, it's so dirty, legends only, everybody watch it. I honestly can't <laughs> believe, I mean, I can't believe that it was like allowed on TV and like all of, like that they performed it, they did. They did. It had very explicit lyrics, but they still got to perform it on both M Countdown and Music Bank, and they didn't have to change the words. But I think the thing that I'm more upset about is that I just found out about this like four months ago. Yes, I agree. I did not know this How did I miss this? Until before this year. Mm -hmm. And I know the second single that we're going to play in a second, I remember it. So I don't know how, I don't know how I missed this. I truly don't. It's shocking. Maybe it was like weirdly buried in the sense that like people were like, we can't handle this kind of <laughs> explicit female sexuality. Like it's Yeah, too I don't much. know. I don't know. Um, but but anyway, it should be it's celebrated. Great. It's well done and it's great. Um Warm Hole. Uh, that was <laughs> their their uh single from the first album under their new label. The album peaked at number eight on the gown chart and they released or excuse me, the single peaked at number eight on the gown chart, and they released a second single called Brave New World. This song is so trippy and fun. It has some of the weirdest sounds in it, but it's so fun. The song is really fun. The music video is very fun too. It has these like gorgeous fanboy backup dancers in see-through lace and like leather hot pants. Um, And it's all just like this fun, like modern disco electro like rainbow extravaganza. Like the music video is so fun and has great eye makeup. Such great eye makeup. There's um, also, I feel like, I mean, maybe there was a time before, so I won't say it definitively, but in this music video, there are sets where they are all wearing the same outfit, like the yes. same blue sweater and the same pants, and they look so uniform, which is not and it's usually rare. their vibe. Yeah, yeah, they usually have, even in their like early stuff that was cutesier, they each had their own little aesthetic, right? Yeah, like, like there was Mirio a stage. always wore pants and like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. one always wore the dress, this one always wore the skirt and the shirt or whatever. Yeah, there was a stage I wrote down way earlier on where they were all wearing like mint costumes, but they were all very different, like the sexy dress and the mm. baby dress and the pants and the like, right. whatever, the but Spice they were Girl made out of the same aesthetic. material. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, this song was, it peaked at number 10, but it was like very well received critically. Billboard magazine said that they perfected the brown eyed girls provocative formula in this, um, eight out of the 10 songs on this album are credited to either, either and, and, or Mirio (laughs) Jaya. Um, and Guyan helped with the choreo for both of the title tracks, um, and she also helped form the album's concept as well. Wow, good for her. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then 2016 marked, like we spoke about earlier, marked 10 years of Brown Eyed Girls and officially made them the longest running girl group with no member changes. Yes, and they held their 10th anniversary concert on March 18th at the Feria in Los Angeles, which is now known as Club Bound LA. Fun. Um, And then I have no brown-eyed girls news for two more years. Yes. So after that um, 2015 album Basic, they went on like an unofficial four year hiatus. They never addressed the fact that they weren't doing anything, but they didn't do anything together um, as a group. Um, And then in December of 2018, Narsha left a pop entertainment, but claimed in the way that many groups do (laughs) that she would still continue to promote with brown eyed girls. Um, And fortunately for us and for brown eyed girls, that has proved true for Narsha um, because then in October of 20, uh, October 28th, 2019, The girls put out their seventh album, which is called Revive. Um, And this was their first comeback in four years after their unofficial hiatus. And it is a cover album with different, like, brown-eyed girls versions of different Korean songs from the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. And they have two title tracks off of this album that both have music videos. The first one is called Wonder Woman. That music video, so all of these songs are covers, but that music video is great. The song is really good, too. Um, The music video concept is that the girls are uh, dressed as grooms. They're all wearing these, like, beautiful tuxes. Um, And then they're in different rooms filled with drag queens who are dressed as the brides. Um, And they're just, like, sort of, like, goofy interacting with each other. And then every once in a while, the drag queens are doing, like, amazing uh, moves on a stripper pole. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a really great it's a really great song and it's a really fun music video and the girls look stunning they look amazing narsha has like a liza minnelli cabaret like look that is amazing but she has one of those short little liza wigs mm -hmm, and like the her overdrawn Mm -hmm. like cupid doll lips it's great mirio's middle part is my favorite. Yeah. She looks so good. Um, and just a shout out, the queens featured in this music video are from a troupe called Neon Milk, and they apparently have videos on YouTube of them doing like cover dances and 
working and stuff. So Oh, very cool. Because there is the whole, the main choreo part of this song. The shot like cuts back and forth between just the queens doing it in their wedding outfits and then the queens doing the choreo with the brown-eyed girls in front of them in their tuxes doing it. So um, yeah, they are clearly like backup dancers as well, which is very cool. They also released another, they made another music video uh, for a song called Abandoned. Corpse Bride Fantasy Realness. Yes. I was literally, that's what I wrote down. I wrote... (laughs) haunted ghost dolls question mark <laughs> i mean they all they look stunning but like that is so the, beautiful the, the vibe of that music video is creepy broken haunted house and then this man with like shiny long hair it's oh, so such shiny. long hair it's his like hair is so pretty through the yeah. house and being like haunted by the girls <laughs> in these like stunning like nightgowns yeah they look um, amazing and mirio in her like sexy suit Yes. Uh, but yeah, very sad song, very haunting music video. Um, this was, like we said, it was a cover album, right? So none mm. of these songs are original tracks. Um, and this, the album wasn't uh, a huge smash. It debuted at number nine. I mean, it debuted at 29 and peaked at 24. Um, so probably due to the fact that it wasn't a... Um, an original album. Um, but it was really well received. The critics really loved it. They said it was like a great walk down memory lane of South Korean, uh, music history. Um, and I laughed a little bit because I, I looked into like the promotions of this because they didn't go on the music shows or anything. And it has been four years at this point since they've put anything out. Um, and then they come back with an album that like doesn't even have original music, which is just like an interesting choice. Um, but they did promote this album on You Heal's Sketchbook, which is a very popular uh, show that we've brought mm-hmm. up a bunch of times. All kinds of artists go on there. Um, and Narsha joked, sort of, that because You Heal asked, like, well, why aren't you going on the regular shows? And she said, we do want to go on music shows, but we think the artists would be scared of us and we don't want to make them uncomfortable. Um, Because at this point now, not only are they a group that has like 14 years experience, but they are also in their mid 30s. Yeah, they're all 30. They're all 38, 38 and 32. Yeah. And I feel like there are probably there's a chance that some of those baby idols have moms that are 38. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Brown eyed (laughs) girls like being in like backstage at the same show is like itsy. Right. Their mockney is like 16. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. That would be crazy. But I wish that they would just, you know, because like Yori does it, you know, like just to be like, what? You're going to stop me? Yeah, I wish they would too. Um, they, I mean, it would be great. But they didn't. They didn't really promote this. It was yeah. also like not a. You know, I don't want to say it wasn't a real album, but it's not a an original. It's not original sure. new music. It's like a. It's like it's it's perfect. It's a perfect project for a group this deep into their career. You know. Yeah. Like that's when you start doing like greatest hits and conceptual cover albums and like you know whatever because your fans just want to hear you sing some more. Yeah, your fans just miss you being together after four Mm -hmm. freaking years. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so the, that brings us to the last most current thing on our list, which is uh, that in January of this year, 2020, the Brown Eyed Girls released a new digital single called Snowman. <laughs> That's some wintertime music. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> wintertime jazz. I love yeah. it. That's what I want in these <laughs> cold LA winters. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that song. It's so pretty. Um, I feel like, yeah, that takes us up to today, right? And that yep. song doesn't have a music video and they didn't promote No, but it. I did find a video of them doing like a nice acoustic sitting on oh, chairs nice. in crisp white suits kind of like nice video so there's that good I'm glad there's still a video of like at least one performance of them getting together um because they just this year celebrated their 14th anniversary so it is really amazing that they're still together um and so I would love to see more from them even though I know they don't like really do that much together anymore it's nice that they're still together yeah I feel like after doing all of this research like Brown Eyed Girls has a discography, like such a strong discography. They're such incredible singers. Their music is very melodic. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. It's different. Um, and it has like a lot of different, it has a wide range, I think, to it. Definitely. Um, and I am just like almost a little disappointed in myself for not <laughs> being so into the Brown Eyed Girls beforehand. Right. Um, but better late than never, y'all. And I hope that we yeah. all... Kim, come away from this as new everlastings. Here, here. If you didn't remember from the beginning of the episode. (laughs) That was perfect. Um, All right. Well, now we're going to hunker down and watch this Kill Bill music video uh, to wrap it up for today. That's the dance version. This is the music. Oh, 7.30, y'all. Seven minutes long. Oh, damn. Okay. Shit. Okay, here we go. So it turns out this Brown Eyed Girls Kill Bill music video is quite long. 7.30. So I'm assuming like a Quentin Tarantino movie, we're going to use up all the time This is the Quentin Tarantino movie of music videos. Therefore, it must be three hours long. Right? (laughs) All right. Let's see what they have for us. Ready? One, two... Three. All right, we got credits. Naked Network presents. Here we go. We're already right. <laughs> doing the movie thing. Got our logo, brown eyed girls. And the so whistle. Here's the whistle. That's what they thought felt Western. We've got a black and white scene of someone doing what looks like calligraphy. She's got like a huge brush. And a huge back tattoo. Back tattoo. Oh, a back tattoo of, like, pretty watercolor, like, cherry blossoms and a bird. That almost looks real. Oh, she's doing calligraphy on somebody's back. Bill. Because he's Bill. Oh, Bill. Bill. Kill Bill. (laughs) 
Oh, someone's oh, under the bed. Some... Okay. She's under the bed. One of the other members is under the bed, and she's hiding. Oh, she has a tarantula, <gasps> tarantula. in a jar. Oh, no, <laughs> she's letting the tarantula out on the bed. Revenge, Revenge is a is dish, dish best, best served, served cold. cold. Ah! Okay, so then we have Gaian in her wedding dress with a gun. Oh, Shoots and... someone. But who did she shoot? And now it's Kill Bill with a slash through it. <gasps> oh, she's going to take that stick out of her hair and throw it at her. Oh, my gosh. So Jaya was the member that was doing the calligraphy on the man's back. Or is that Narsha? I don't oh, know. No. Oh, no. Oh, damn. Stick in her head. Stabbed it in her head. <laughs> I believe Mirio was the one who was under the bed. Okay, someone just shot through the door. And now this, she's also dead. So we've got two members down. Oh no, that's Mirio. And she's wearing a pencil skirt. <laughs> Honestly, Shocking. now I'm, I feel like I'm getting their faces confused. Me too, because it's like all black and white. Oh, she's shot oh, too. Everyone's she dead shot. As well? How did she die? Everybody's dead? <laughs> oh, no. Well, How did who was the under, the... under the bed die? I don't know. How did the last one die? Movie's got they better explain this. In the rest of this video. Four years, Four years later, later. But everybody's dead. <laughs> okay, we've got someone in a white raincoat. Oh, my God. Oh, missing an eye. Oh, that eye patch Walking and this coat with the with like drawn on yeah. belt. Oh my God, it's gorgeous. It's, it's like fun. a white coat with red drawn on details. And she was like swinging a red umbrella. And she had like a white leather eye patch. And okay. Ooh, someone is, okay, so Guyan is the one who got stabbed in the head with this like hair needle. And she is in a hospital, presumably in a coma. Like Kill Bill. Yes. Isn't there an eye patch person in, in Kill Bill? I think so. So I think Jaya is eye patch person. Yes. And then Guyan is Uma Thurman. <laughs> right. Oh yes, oh, wow. this choreo. Uh, yes. <gasps> Lay on those fans. Oh my god, they're just doing the like <laughs> the bridge pose, basically, <laughs> like pelvic thrust. <gasps> okay, my favorite part. Oh my goodness. So I watched the dance practice version of this mm -hmm. and you never see the men's faces. No, they're just there to be crotches yeah. and backs of heads. Exactly. Uh, yes. Okay. So now everybody's wearing incredible Western Luke's leather and fringe and Narsha's boobies are out and like. Ooh, <gasps> Guyan wakes up. Okay. So we're going back and forth between the like dance scenes and the, uh, opening credits of the movie, if you will. We're getting, like, Jaya's character and Guyan's character. And the girls have uh, some female backup dancers who are wearing these, like, monochrome brown looks. 
Okay, Narsha just put Muriel in a coffin. <laughs> Ugh, I love the way that they lean on the boys. Yes. Just like oh objectify God. those cowboys. Okay, Guyan is trying to make a mad escape from the hospital. Also, just to point out, sex harnesses worn as fashion in 2013. Oh, yeah. Like, people, uh, like, that feels like a modern thing, but... Monster X Fantasia owes its life to this This, music video. for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fighting in this music video is amazing. Okay, Guy yeah, this is the trailer out fight. for revenge. Oh, this cute, the cute little snap in a circle. It's so cute. Oh, I wonder if they learned some legit fight choreo for this. Yeah, it looks it like looks they like did. It. The cinematography for this is really good. It's like a legitimate movie. <laughs> yeah. She's just like smacking her in the head. And look, they're See, facing away from See, look at these boy furniture. Us. I love it. And girl and furniture too. Gay Everybody, with the girls. Everybody wins. <gasps> oh no! She was in the ceiling. Someone's hiding on the ceiling. <laughs> the choreo, uh, Mirio, just the boys bend over and she smacks their butts in a circle of butts. It's perfect. Yeah. Oh, shot through the door. Again. <laughs> That's exactly what happened the last time. Those bo everyone's boots are spectacular. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so okay, much knifing. Knife. <laughs> Why is she coming down like James Bond? Oh, Narsha missed and she just knocked her harness. But now it's they're all splayed on the floor again. Just like the beginning. Amazing. Wow. Oh, incredible. Brown eyed girls. Great stuff. Like no other. Yeah, this was really, really a fun deep dive. I hope that everybody listening, if you're not familiar with Brown Eyed Girls, that you dig into some of this stuff. I will say right now, I made a playlist of everything we watched, including some stages and choreo videos um, that will be on our YouTube channel. So please do check it out. Um, did you have any additional recommendations besides just everything that we talked about today? Uh, my main recommendation is the dance version of kill bill it's okay. really good and so it's just like the the that choreo set of the like plain white room with all the backup dancers and the choreo is really cute in a way that you like kind of don't expect from the from the song um but it's really fun and the way that they use their backup dancers is incredible love it great love it all my recommendation is very recent and it is a um, perfect marrying of a legend stage from legendary um, idols and awkward television, which is my favorite. So uh, at the 2019 KBS Drama Awards, um, 
Brown Eyed Girls performed. They do a little medley of Sixth Sense, Abracadabra, and then they end with Wonder Woman. And then they show like a montage of all the like girls kicking ass from that year in dramas. Um, And they all like look and sound amazing. And according to the um, comments on YouTube, their original choreographer is one of the backup dancers. Like the one who choreographed Abracadabra is like there. So it's like a real like, everyone's still together kind of stage. Um, but, and then it cuts to like very awkward stuffy actors pretending like they don't care and like, don't want to clap or have any fun. And it's, so it's like equal parts, like really fun. Like, look at the brown eyed girls are still together and like, man, actors are no fun at the same oh time. God, actors <laughs> are no fun. Okay. That is like not super related, but it is something I have noticed. I've watched several different stages of artists who have to go perform at these like stuffy ass actor awards and the actors never react. Like yes. I watched a video of Hyolin performing Dolly. Oh, that was like at so what was legendary. essentially like the Korean Oscars. And the, all of the shots of everyone in the crowd is like so like every once in a while there's a very awkward golf clap and they're just like so stone-faced. Some of the women are like clutching their faces and some of the men look like they want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know why they like don't they like can't react at the in their actor awards. I don't know. Man, those fuddy duddies. <laughs> They're fuddy duddies, but it's a fun performance. So look that up if you want. Um, that's all I have this week. Anything else you want to slip in before we plug no, in? Say nothing goodbye? else for the brown eyed girls since this episode is all about them. all about them. Um, but yeah, I had a really good time listening to all their music and watching all their videos. And I hope you all do the same. Um, if you would like to tell us about your favorite Brown Eyed Girls video or tell us anything at all, we can be found at AMA K-pop Pod on Twitter and Instagram, amakpoppod at gmail.com for emails. Our YouTube is Ask Me About K-pop the podcast, and the playlist for this episode will be there, as well as playlists for other episodes. You can join our Discord. It's really popping off in there these days. Um, there's a channel right now going on where one of our listeners made a, like, 30 day song challenge with really funny daily song challenges and another listener is compiling everybody's answers into daily playlists and it's so intense and I love everyone so much (laughs) so if you want to like have fun k-pop friends come join our discord like everyone is having fun in there all the time I promise (laughs) um and then if you want to give us a call leave a voicemail 181-AMA-K-POP-5 if you want to send us a letter or a package, support your local post office, you can write to us at AMAK. You can address it to one of us specifically, uh, P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. Um, and yeah, I think that's all of the places that you can find us. Um, I got a notification that my copy of Shine has shipped. So Me too. Everyone get ready. <laughs> everyone get ready. I have a, I have, I got that notification and I also have an article bookmarked, which is called, where is it? K-pop star Jessica Young on using her life in her new novel. Dun, oh, dun, I can't dun. wait. I can't so, wait. I'm so very excited, excited to read that. It's from Time Magazine. So exciting. Um, all right. So we'll be back next week. I think I mean I don't I think we might have to wait a little bit for first book club to give us all time to read. So we'll yes, find we'll something give, fun we'll to give do ourselves next week. time. Yeah. We'll probably scroll through that episode discussion suggestions chat in the Discord. Yeah, look for some fun. something fun and simple. Um well we'll see you then. Goodbye. 
Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. <laughs>